0: Okay, so welcome to. I know you love the title, Five Tool Friend. Uh, titles are hard, people, um, but that's what I'm going with until I shorten it. Um, anyhow, uh, cool. Well, welcome to episode five. And uh, yeah, so we're going to kind of go over some. Uh, so our first, our, our Tony Gwynn hitting for average. This episode is going to be. There's a there's a theme here. See if you can see if you can uh, figure it out. Um. So this is this is diet and exercise. Uh. And so a revelation uh, recent that I recently had. Where's it been? It's only been uh, a little over a month, a month and a half. Seems like it's been longer because it's been dominating my life so much. But I joined a uh, really expensive gym and uh, it didn't have any uh, joining fee. And uh, I, I feel like I have to make excuses immediately. Uh, didn't have any joining fee. And uh, my workout buddy that I hadn't worked out with in, oh my God, maybe like seven years, six years. Eight year off, ah, mate. I don't know that he, he's going to. He was going to the same gym too. That uh, s- super convenient for work and um, get like a huge discount. So I thought I would check it out. Uh, and also, I found myself having more time than I than I would normally would, which we can go into some other time, more uh, or less. Uh, taking care of the kiddos. Um, so. So yes, yeah, so I thought, okay, I actually have the time to to join this place. So this is a bit long prologue to basically say uh, that it's been a revelation, and that uh, I would uh, even if I wasn't getting an insane discount, I think I would totally pay the money. Um, I'm a little bit ruined for other gyms now. My my gym that I go to in uh, in another country, in my wife's home country is like super cheap and you know it's like all secondhand equipment which is kind of interesting how much how great of a gym you can put together with the castoffs of the equipment from the other gyms don't want it's almost like a like a small co-op or club so it was great because it was open all during covid when the other gyms weren't um and then the gym that i was going to in london was just like the most cheaper chicken what do they call it uh cheap and cheerful Uh, gym you could possibly imagine that's what i've been going to for a while Then i've also was doing my um 3x bar x3 bar or whatever setup band thing at home which i think has its its merits and like if you want to get like a a pretty decent deadlift workout at home without hardly any equipment anyhow that's not what we're talking about we're talking about why, why was i so blown away by this gym um first of all it's it's a good insight into um a little bit like how uh rich people or the other half lives in that you know it's basically like an ethno state <laughs> it's hilarious uh um compared to compared to my other gym um so that's interesting in and of itself um and uh and what else so it's nice yes yeah, so he you, you you know it cuts out the riffraff there is uh there's still one guy on occasion that will bang the right weights really loud and, and be obnoxious and and you can guess who he is uh but um but yeah uh i can't i can't read it highly enough um wh- why why might you ask um well, I guess, so I guess, I, so I'm now I guess I'm just proposing that maybe you know don't have to go to one that has a you know ironing boards and massage guns and hamstring seated roller machines that I never even knew existed. Um, I did the it has like N- Nermatech or whatever. You know, see those guys that have like their legs and sleeves. This was to help you recover. You can uh schedule that and do that i did that the other day uh you know quote unquote free i don't they have tons and tons of classes i just do like the hot yoga um i haven't done any of the hit classes or anything like that but uh but basically i guess the idea of the idea of paying an exorbitant amount for a gym um that maybe you wouldn't have previously considered, like so exorbitant that you would have, you know, not considered doing it before. Like I, I the only reason why I thought about doing it previously was because at another location they had jujitsu classes. And I thought, uh, you know, it was obviously something I wanted to go, get into and like jujitsu gyms are not cheap in and of themselves, but I was like, I'm not actually going to have time to go to it. So it's not going to be, I'm not going to be able to make good use of it. But I guess what's, I just find it interesting is that I feel like at every stage of my life, I had whatever I've gotten to a new level, whether that was, you know, this, the college or first job or whatever. I've always been disappointed with the level of sophistication um, of the people that co-inhabited with me. Um, and maybe maybe the, the gym is not necessarily breaking that, but I guess I'm just, I, I've, I've, I was preparing to be disappointed. Um, uh, even from the for the tour, I was like, okay, I'm gonna try this, but you know, I don't think it's gonna be that great. I would have never imagined I'd like it as much as I do. But I guess um again, so the points, things that you didn't wouldn't know exist that you actually really like. Um and obviously if you're looking for like motivation or you're looking to step it up, you know, it's just so it's just soaks everything from the lighting, so much thought has been put into once you you know start paying to go to a place that Uh, maybe rich people go or, you know, people that are, uh, whatever, well off go, there's just so much more thought has been put into everything that, uh, you can't help, but like want to be there. So that's obviously good for motivation. Obviously the crowd, the different, the different types of people that would be there. Uh, there are a lot of, it seems like there's a ton of gay guys. So I guess, you know, that's probably just a no brainer. If you're a gay guy, go, hang out in a lock, hang out in a place with a locker room uh but uh but yeah obviously the no sign-up fee is huge because you can just i thought i'll just try it for like three months and then quit but uh yeah probably I'm, I'm i'm pretty addicted now so i won't be able to um what did i say i already said that massage guns because you know, obviously you have that, i have those at home but it's just nice to be able to do it uh, right there um Uh, yeah, and just just yeah, yeah. I guess the motivation. I, I'm try. I guess my my maybe my bullets are not as convincing as I would like. I guess the, the other thing I think about is, you know, like I will be like, oh, I'll book a, like a hot yoga class on like a Thursday when everybody's gonna go out boozing at work, you know. And so like that right there, you know, that saves me from buying a couple rounds. So that could be like you know eighty quid right there, going to my my uh monthly um my monthly membership or say let's say i only buy one round you know what i mean or i don't whatever obviously it, it, it averages but the number of people and everything like that but everybody has to they love buying in rounds and uh you know eventually you have to buy a round so you get sucked into the miasma that is uh, thursday night drinks it just seems like it's become a religious thing uh post-covid here in london um but but I get and and then also just okay fine or you're not gonna go out because you are gonna you're in a good routine and you want to get up and and go to the gym so there's I think there's ways that it, you know might net out to being less money and a more positive thing than you might think um, but yeah obviously um, you know uh, better scenery uh, and then. And then it's, I'm going to save it for another time, but, uh, you know, this, the uh, you got the sauna and steam room, uh, matchup. So, but anyhow, okay. Uh, that's it. And like I said, this is, this is, this is supposed to be a sales pitch on each of these items saying like what I like about it and what quote unquote success I've had with these methods, I guess. Um, and it may be, uh, maybe uh you know less effective sales pitch for some of them than others uh next one is uh and this is another probably lightning rod issue for for guys you know there's guys that are either watch guys or not watch guys i was always always been a i've always been a a watch guy since i was young whatever casio being the, the the only person that was wearing a casio calculator watch to school until uh whatever i think i became too self-conscious to to wear it anymore but i always i always liked it Uh I always was on the cusp I like watches and magazines were always something i was always keen on but anyhow uh finally got yeah so got a rolex the black submariner date like four years ago um and you know i felt like i was overpaying at the time because i had to go to like a jewelry because you can't go into the rolex store and buy these yada 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 uh, you'll never get one that way you have to go to a secondary dealer it's a whole operation obviously or if you look at look into uh hodinky or watch instagram once you click on a few watches you'll just be inundated and there's tons of sources like that so and there's i guess there's you know there would be critiques of why uh maybe you wouldn't want one but i guess my what i would say is that you do want you, you making the argument that one it's it's fun to wear it looks great it's a beautiful object and at first i thought oh i don't want to get a black submariner because that's just like the most standard um predictable boring one you could possibly watch you could possibly think but i guess i would encourage you to not try and reinvent the wheel and go with a array or a uh what's the other one the royal oak automata piguet um just nothing i don't there's just nothing that can touch a submariner for the for the classic even like a gmt i like the older GMTs. i want to get an older gmt um but even a gmt i just don't think looks as as nice and so it's the idea is that it's like levi's it's like coca-cola it's this um you know it's this thing that you can wear with jeans or you can wear with a suit and both both looks great you can dress super plain and just have this little bit of an edge it kind of not an edge but just a little bit of a lift to the overall ensemble um you know i think it's good it's good when you're traveling and you're out and about and it's just like kind of um uh you know, there's a the thing of like, I can, af- you know, kind of something like I can afford to it, you maybe can supply the appearance or the, the idea that, you know, I, I have enough money to sue you, <laughs> even if you don't. So don't, you know, don't 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 mess with me uh, or, you know, as far as like customer service goes at, at some place or something like that or just shows maybe that you're so whatever. There's, there's, there's all kinds of debatable messages that it sends to the outside world. But there's also i guess there's that effect so if you i guess if you're curious you go to chrono 24 is a place to go uh there's also the uh what's it called Subdial 50. yeah if you go to sub dot co this has an index and it tracks all of the watch prices and you know oh blah blah, blah iwc omega you know, you really don't want to mess with that. It's just tutor. Know, tutors hold their value, but you know, that that may be, that maybe that's more of a better entry. I think that would be a better entry point than uh, than a Speedmaster, which actually I was attracted to Speedmasters uh, first. But the fact that they're not waterproof, um, and then just I think nothing. I, I don't think I, I haven't I haven't researched this, but I, I mean the the Rolex sports watches hold their value so mine mine is more than doubled in price since i bought it four years ago which is insane obviously this is a unique situation with the fed printing tons of money but you know anything else you buy it goes down in value um and so i bought it fully expecting it to hold its value um but didn't expect it to go up as much as it did um yeah, so it, uh, what, what else did I want to say? I've got multiple pages of notes here, so I gotta flip back and forth. Um, uh, classic has resale value. I was gonna say I should have made a big mistake. I wanted to buy a, a Hulk, which is the green bezel, green dial, uh, and instead I bought the black one because my neighbor was like, Oh, you know, green's too crazy. I thought, oh, Okay, Nick knows what he's talking about um but that one is like you know whatever tripled in price or quadrupled in price whereas mine is just doubled um and yeah yeah so I, I don't know i haven't really thought about what is a better what is a good entry point i guess i just thought uh you know um uh, i i maybe that's the thing is even the older ones the older ones look great an old submariner will, will hold, hold its value too. So there's no reason to like you know, if you if you don't want to spring for a new one not that the well, we're probably talking about a difference between what uh, are 13 12 13 grand, uh, grand GBP and eight or seven like that I guess you do probably want to, you want to get it with a box or you want to get it with papers at least um, So yeah uh, that's that's I guess my thoughts on that. Right. Okay. So that was, sorry, I didn't, I didn't intro that. That was our Matt Williams, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. You can tell what era I stopped paying attention to baseball, uh, power hitting or appearance um, section. And uh, moving on to speed, question mark. Uh, It's the 1964 classic, nothing but the best. Uh, I say classic facetiously because I don't think anybody, I think there's one other person, I know there's two other people that I have, one on the internet and one in person, that the guy who recommended this movie to me, um, know about this movie. So this is 1964, Alan Bates, uh, Frederick Raphael screenplay, uh, he's the guy who did the screenplay. Sorry about my chair creaking. I don't know what to do about it. Uh, he's the guy that did. He actually did the um, Eyes Wide Shut uh, screenplay. So he's he's written some he wrote he's written some books and and uh, written a couple of different screenplays. Another one that's good, uh, Two for the Road with Audrey Hepburn, um, just covering uh, vacations, the summer vacations of like a British couple over the course of their marriage like four of them or something like that it's pretty good anyhow but though this is a success has james brewster's name written all over it and he also and he also has his heart set on the boss's daughter a con artist hires him to help out on a bank scheme this is not an accurate description on imdb <laughs> uh, or on letterbox that's so funny um yeah anyhow no it's it's basically he um he bumps into a down on his luck posh guy i mean it's just it's so it's very like london uh and i I love uh social climbing anything um and so it's this uh whatever they describe as a yob on the make or something like that so it's a it's a it's a guy that's um has aspirations of of higher higher things in life um and he works at like an estate agent uh and um called horton and company and anyhow he he's just kind of uh you know not not he middling as far as job and and the girls that he's dating and things like that uh, he's always saying like oh but they'll have to go they'll have to go because he's got his so it's kind of like a black comedy. It's kind of actually kind of mean in some parts, but uh, it's so witty and funny that um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a five star movie for me. And it was actually kind of a like a I enjoyed it so much I was like it had come you know probably from like whatever ten years or something of, of not seeing any movies that really blew my socks off and and that I really enjoyed so much. Like I I could be wrong. I'm sure there was the odd one here or there but you know I kind of had thought oh I've seen all of the movies that are really going to that I'm really going to love and so this was a this and I think uh and Fright which I saw after are, are the ones that really kind of like I was like wow you know uh there's still some out there if I if I dig and I mean I'm I've scraped the, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel on on movies that I think I'll like so maybe not so much then but um but yeah I was already I was already looking hard. Um but yeah so Alan Bates, Denholm Elliott, who is uh Indiana Jones's museum curator guy. Um and uh what else? Um yeah, it's just uh it's just great. I don't know. Frederick um, Raphael is interesting because he's like I think he was like French, but he was raised in America uh, for high school and then went to like Oxford or something like that. So he's got this continental US British outsider mix that is that is great. Uh, it's also cinematography is done by Nicholas Rogue. Nicholas Rogue, uh, which I didn't realize until just this time. Uh, so what did he do? He did. You uh, would know him from. I'm sure, you'd know him from lots of things, but uh, performance, *Mask of the Red Death*, *Walkabout*, uh, *Petulia*. Uh, I guess that's the he did uh, cinematography on. *Don't Look Now*. Obviously, yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. And *The Man Who Fell to Earth* and *Bad Timing*. So he's an interesting guy. Um, I don't know if this is cinematography. Is the highlight of this movie, but I think everything's good about it. Um, what else? I, I I really like Alan Bates. He's obviously great. If you like Alan Bates, rather uh, than Run, Don't Walk. Um, um, but it's just there's lots of like small. There's a, there's a lot of attention to detail to it. It's not like a, It's it. There's one point where. Uh, the main character asks, you know, his new uh, guy that he's working with, uh, a boss or something like that, you know, oh, what's, what's, what happened? What's wrong at the factory or something? And, and the boss says, oh, one Cretan dropped 10 tons on another Cretan, you know, talking about just manual laborers, you know, kind of deplorables. And, and what's interesting about that is that's one of the reasons why, Brewster, Jim, Jim, James Brewster or comes from such a maybe uh, middling background is that his dad that got a crate of peas cans or whatever dropped on him and was injured and so he's obviously been on the been on the dole or whatever like that you know so he's never achieved as much as he wanted to achieve in life and maybe you know not able to give uh, Brewster uh, James a, as good of a head start so it's like there's just, uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to rewatch. There's a lot of great jokes. There's a lot of, you know, a couple of cool cars. Um, just, I don't know. It's very like, um, you know, like he, he, whatever, he, he's going to gate crash a party. So he dresses up in a tux and like brings some champagne and his own glass. And then, you know, is drinking it and acts like he's just, you know, asks for lady so-and-so, you know, um, and, and just you know gets right past the door acting like he just came out uh i don't know this it's 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 it's, it's really terrific i bought a huge poster of it that's absolutely beautiful that i post on i think on instagram and twitter every so often um but yeah yeah um it's part of my it's like maybe the quintessential um movie in my list which i also love on on letterbacks called uh, name it list, a name of list is a fancy man tries to win uh that has other other gems uh like well let's see i'll just go to my lists right now just, that's what that's what makes for for great radio uh, nothing but the best is first and saturday night fever american gigolo uh, the Stud with Jones Collins, and then uh, there's a movie called Room at the Top, a British movie, which I guess I only rated three and a half stars, but has, I really like it a lot more in uh, in hindsight, and it has a follow-up, Life at the Top with him. Uh, who's that got in it? Uh, Lawrence Harvey. You wouldn't probably recognize that name. And then a movie called Banning from 1967, and then, of course, Purple Noon with Elaine Delon um uh, so if you know a couple of those titles that kind of gives you the vibe for some reason I really like that uh that thing uh, um so yeah okay so then fielding is it fielding yeah it's fielding uh, we got the music wreck that was our that was our speed movie book wreck sales pitch for the episode uh, and now music my you know, in my top five favorite albums, um, this is probably like the only n- newer album that would be, that would be in the top five. And it's my, as far as like newer artists or still performing artists. Like, you know, after Bob Dylan or Bruce Springsteen, Jens Lechman, I've probably my, my favorite or the only person that I would, very few artists that I would make the effort to go see in concert. Um, I really, I I hope that sometime I get to see him in Sweden at one of these like smaller kind of like lakeside camping music festivals that they have there that he does sometimes. It sounds um, absolutely amazing. But his, it was originally called Night Falls Over Kordodala. I don't know exactly if I'm pronouncing that right, but he has, he's re-released it this year. Which is kind of weird um i think i think it must have been because he had i think he had like a lot of samples on the original maybe um because i think i i I remember him saying like he was surprised that he even got it released because it had so many samples on which which maybe that helped me like it very quickly but I also i couldn't recognize the samples that he's on it but actually so the first so he's re-released it as the linden trees are still in blossom but it's only the first 11 songs that I know that I can recommend here. So starting with, uh, and I remember every kiss, which I think is maybe actually one of my least favorite, um, uh, on here and then ends with, uh, Friday night at the drive-in bingo, which I can't remember if that was on the original or not, but it's a great, great song. Talk about going out into the country and playing bingo. So that's 10, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. First ten, eleven tracks. Anyhow, it's just it's um, you know I think there's there's some from this era, the pitchfork indie era, that I go back to like maybe like a Dent May or some other ones and and it seems quite it, you know okay I know what people were saying like maybe they didn't like it saying it was twee. Um, where it just seems kind of, I don't know, doesn't, maybe, I don't like it as much as I, as I used to. Um, but, uh, I don't know, he's a very heartfelt singer-songwriter guy, while at the same time they're quite, like, upbeat and, and and I think interesting musically. Uh, they're, they're upbeat and they're kind of funny and, um, so yeah, the, the, I guess the big song is his Postcards to Nina song where it just chronicles the fact that he goes to Berlin to uh basically be a beard for his lesbian friend Nina and uh and it's uh yeah it's I I view it differently now uh than maybe I did when I first listened to it but it's still uh it's still good so uh yeah uh have a go at that if you like uh finally throwing uh uh right so we did gym diet appearance movies books music and the last one is finance econ uh so the theme of the theme of this episode is uh is uh nothing but the best i guess right so fancy gyms and fancy watches and rounding this out by say you know whatever i've i don't know that i've made that many investments but i mean i've been tracking different investment markets or different markets for long for as long since i was a teenager watching looking at apple stock and checking the stock in the paper. I've always been interested in it, depending on how effective of an actual investor I am or able to, you know, I'm not able to develop any edge that has so far been revealed. But what I would say is that the best edge that I've had or the most success that I've had would be something inside the, my thought to consider here because um, I think I've always been directionally right which right you know, everybody's directionally right but it's a matter of timing so kind of taking away the timing aspect there's a there's a good audiobook called uh, i think it's called 50 baggers which i really like where he talks about like a coffee can thing where you just buy some shares of a different buy some shares that you like and you put it in a coffee can you forget about it and you don't check it for 30 years or 20 years or something like that um and that that will do better than anything else, um, which is, is not quite severe as that, but I guess what I'm just saying is maybe think about, you know, maybe it, it, not whether something is like the best investment or not, but like if you will not be able to sell it, if you will be forced to hold on to it. So I bought like gold coins, which, <laughs> truth be told, have not uh, shown a return, but it's been a good like saving mechanism for me if anything else because uh they're just illiquid i mean like i'd have to go there's no if you buy gold coins in the uk there's no capital gains tax so that's kind of fun and also they're pretty and nice to have in a drawer stuff somewhere um but it's a good way to for me to to kind of sock money away in a certain aspect and then they're you know i would have to physically take them to a jewel or, or gold seller and like you know pay their commission to like sell them so like in that sense i, I like it because it's effective and it keeps it away from me and like you know whatever I bought Bitcoin at five thousand, below five thousand right um and whatever it went up to 60 and now it's at 20 or something like that but like that roller coaster ride is just too much even if you, you know you would have to like if you're gonna buy crypto now which I think whatever bitcoin is probably a a decent idea but like you know the guy who said he bought ether at like 25 cents or whatever was just selling just because it was correlated with the broader market Now it's just part of the used to be an outsider thing that was independent and now it's just completely correlated with the broader market and it's not it's not interesting really to him anymore so he was selling out his ease before this huge big crash which obviously that turned out to be a good move um but you know, if you were going to buy some Bitcoin or something and just throw it onto an electronic wallet and somehow just, you know, lock it away from yourself in a time lock safe, so you couldn't sell it. Like maybe that would be an option. Um, but so then obviously the whatever the watch bit is is that's a nice little double your doubler there, and also something that's like illiquid. So oh shoot, I couldn't sell that. Um, but also the I made mean, a what was, for me was a huge investment in a buddy of mine because I was like he he was the smartest guy I've ever met and I knew what he we did similar jobs and he quit his to do a startup and he asked me to join him And I was like I can't do that I just bought a just bought a flat um, but he I plowed money into his startup because it was the only time i would ever had a chance to buy from a startup uh which actually this it's actually pretty easy to do in the uk they have lots of like different apps and channels now that you can go into you can get a do a do a invest in a start early round startup for uh, the airbnb and boats but i think you have to pay like a 10 percent. you don't have to pay any capital gains tax in so the uk is a great scheme where you get 30% of your money back on your next tax return that you invest in a, in a startup. And then you don't pay any capital gains tax on your profits. And I don't think I have to pay this 10% fee to the platform because it's not in the documentation, but then you, that would be the downside. Um, but yeah, but basically whatever that's six on on paper for me. So what's the, what's the trick there is that I couldn't access it. I couldn't, Kept it away from enemy number one, so to speak. Me. <laughs> enemy number one to my investing profits. Um, so, yeah. So, the the pitch here is for thinking outside the box on things, right? Because, yeah, you can put it in your pension. Obviously, that's, you know, keeping it away from you. But your IRA, but if you have it in your own discretionary investing account, then, like, whatever. Maybe you'll get bored and you'll overtrade and, and lose it that way, or something. But in, in, put it in a way where it's where it's away from you if you are are like me and are not the fantastic, uh, not a fantastic investor. Okay, cool. That's that's it. Um, trying to think about more that could sell you on springing for. Any of these five items, um, but I guess I guess that's the th- that's the thing that I'm the whole point of this is to keep keep this focused on things that I am super psyched about, really love, really can't endorse enough and to put the put the the twinkle in your ear, twinkle in your eye, whisper in your ear put the put the put the idea in your ear maybe you'll bump into somebody that you trust more um and uh you know it'll be the the second time you you've heard it instead of the first time uh, uh, but yeah but yeah uh cool all right talk to you later bye